You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Sooners Nation, and welcome to the Friday edition of the Locked On Sooners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams, and you can read my work covering the Dallas Cowboys over at InsideTheStar.com. You can also hear me on the Cowboys Brawl podcast, and joining me today, as he does every day, is former Oklahoma Sooners offensive lineman David Walker. You can follow David on Twitter at D underscore Walk 74, and you can also hear him on the Iron Horse podcast. David. We got a game coming up. How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing really well because, yes, we do have a game coming up. As far as we know, it's Friday morning and we're still hanging in there. There's still a 7 o'clock kick in Norman on Saturday night. So we're going to keep on speaking that into existence. It's going to take place. Because last Saturday, it was only so much fun to watch Texas lose. I I would rather watch the Sooners win than Texas lose. It was just a consolation prize. So, yeah, Sooner football in Norman. It's football time in Oklahoma. Let's keep saying it out loud and make it happen. That's right. Good times. Good times coming this weekend. And some big things kind of happening on the Oklahoma Sooners depth chart today. Some big news coming out of Norman. We've had a bit of a shakeup at the cornerback position, David. Yeah. You know, there was a one major shakeup and we've talked a whole lot about would it happen? Could it happen? Will there be any ramifications? And Trey Norwood at the nickelback spot is ahead of Brendan Radley Hiles this week on the depth chart. That was not the case last week, but if you side by side them, as our guy Keegan Renault put out there on Twitter, you do the side by side comparison, and it's very obvious that there's one name that has changed, and it's a name we've talked a whole lot about. And I don't want to spend much more time talking about Buki. I think his his issues have been well documented on this podcast, on Sooner's Twitter. Certainly in our conversation yesterday that I had with Rufus Alexander, Rufus had some really great takes on Buki and all the things that that go into that. Should he, should he start? Should he not? And if you didn't get to listen to our conversation with Rufus yesterday, go back and check that out because he gave a great take on the defense. There's the totality of the defense, the improvements of the defense, the issues with Buki, the just dynamic nature of Ronnie Perkins, the force of nature that he is. So Go back and check that out. But yes, I think that's a huge development because, you know, Trey Dornwood, he had some, you know, two picks at Texas Tech. He's played really well the last few weeks. And you juxtapose that with some of the other things we've talked about from 44. And it's it's only shocking because of what Lincoln Riley said earlier this week. And he can, kind of proactively came out and talked about Buki before anybody even asked him about it because he knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. And he talked about, you know, we'll be a worse uh, football team whenever he's when he's when he leaves. Like basically, you know, trying to, he was kind of going over the top to defend his player. Right. But then you go to the depth chart and say, well, was that, you know, trying to ease, ease the situation or, you know, put some Neosporin on a wound kind mm-hmm. of thing. So I don't know, but we'll see how it shakes out on Saturday night. But more than that, I mean, that's just one element to me. Some of the other off the field things are going on is obviously the, the elephant in the room is COVID-19 and how it's yes. affected the Oklahoma football program down to all phases of the program, as Lincoln said. And the rumor out there now is that Alex Grinch tested positive for COVID, might not be available Saturday night. A lot of the secondary might not be available. There's been question marks about that. So, yeah, there's some 
there's some question marks all right around the around what's going to look like uh, what the team will look like Saturday night. And that'll be an interesting thing to discuss as we get into our keys to the game for Saturday night coming up in the second segment. But let's get dig into Oklahoma men's basketball for just a second. They open their season in Norman against the University of Texas San Antonio Roadrunners. I, I know that only because I played them in lacrosse one time. So that that really sticks out to me all the time. Uh, but yeah, they had a big win. They got the triple digits with a big 102 to 66, or sorry, 105 to 66 win uh, over the Roadrunners. The Sooners start out 1-0. Yeah, they did. And they put up a, put 100 on the board. And in the first game, post Billy Tubbs, you know, since Billy Tubbs left us here, that's pretty cool. I mean, Billy Tubbs was notorious for being a 100-point basketball team. So for the first game out of the gate, for them to get triple digits, that was kind of cool as a an homage to what I feel like is the greatest coach in Oklahoma basketball just because of the things he did there. And we talked about that, you know, a few weeks back after he, you know, passed away, but yeah, really cool uh, performance tonight from the team, a blowout win, get over a hundred points. And then Brady Manick, 29 points, eight of 11 from the three point line. Prairie bird is here for his senior season. And he came out with authority and man, you got to feel good about that kind of a start. They had a layoff. They had a couple games canceled, three games canceled. Um, even the Florida game, you know, took got that taken off the board. But they were able to reschedule with UTSA, get that W to start the season. And yeah, I think this is going to be a fun basketball team. Obviously, the Big Twelve is loaded. I mean, mm-hmm. it is arguably the best basketball conference in America. So there's going to be no easy nights. So you want to w- win as many of those non-conference games as you can, and you know, hope that hope that the NCAA tournament you know, comes around with, with a, a good conference, good conference record, but certainly you can't afford to slip up on those non-con games. And that was a good start. And hopefully we get a March Madness this year. We we were kind of shortchanged this last year and, you know, it will be nice to return to a little bit of normalcy come March and fill out our brackets and feel a little bit too confidently about Oklahoma's chances of making the final four and winning a championship. <laughs> That's what I do every year. And, uh, yeah, so it, it'll be fun to watch. A lot of really exciting things happening with the Oklahoma men's basketball program and a very encouraging start. But we will get into our uh, keys to the game for the Sooners matchup this Saturday night in Norman, another Big 12, big Big 12 matchup. And we will talk about that next on the Locked On Sooners podcast. But first, let me ask you a question. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? Well, College Football Saturdays offer the perfect opportunity to watch football and chill with the only beer that's made to chill, Coors Light. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Even though there are fewer teams playing on Saturdays, there are still plenty of games and other sports going on to give you the opportunity to relax and have a beer. So whether you're having a beer with friends, cooking some meat on the grill, winding down from working in the yard, or watching a full slate of college football games on Saturday, Make sure you reach for the official beer of watching any sport or team just to have a beer. So when you want to reset from a long work day or to enjoy while taking in your favorite team, reach for the beer that's made to chill. You can now get Coors Light in its new look delivered straight to your door by going to get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. 
from the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey there, Sooners fans. And coming up in this segment, we're going to give you our keys to the game with Oklahoma's big mashup with the Baylor Bears on Saturday. But first, I want to tell you a little bit about what's coming up next week on the Locked On Sooners podcast. Joining us for the Tuesday episode is host of the uh, Sirius XM College Big 12 radio on channel 375, Ari Temkin. He's also the a host of the Dallas Cowboys post game show on 105.3 The Fan and the Cowboys Beat podcast. And David, what else do we got coming up next week? Yeah, so we got Ari on, on Tuesday. On Wednesday, we got Chris Plank, who also works with SiriusXM on the Big 12 radio channel there on 375 SiriusXM. He also works at Sports Talk 1400 there in Norman. And then on Thursday, we also have from Sports Talk 1400, Tyler McComas, who is the co-host of The Rush with Teddy Lehman and also does the OU post game show for Sports Talk 1400 there. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we got guys coming on that cover the Sooners, cover the Big 12, and going to bring some fresh perspective and great insight into what's going on in the Big 12 race and what's going on with the Oklahoma program. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And on Monday, we'll have our game recap. So you'll want to be sure to come back for that as we outline what happened on Saturday between the Oklahoma Sooners and the Baylor Bears. And now we're going to get into our keys to the game. And David, as you look at the Baylor Bears, this is a far cry of a team that we saw last year that got up on the Sooners 28 to three in the first half. And the Sooners had to make this miraculous comeback to be able to come out on top in that game and get themselves positioned for another big 12 title. This Baylor team is struggling. They're two and five on the season and they're just one of two teams in the conference that have failed to score at least 200 points. I bet you can't guess who the second team is. Um, Are they coached by one Lester miles? They are now. How many games do you think it'll take for the Kansas basketball team? Uh, of course, they'll score more points than the Kansas football team. But, I mean, so the it'll Baylor take Bears them a, will, It'll take them a game and a half to outscore their football team. Yeah, that's, what, it's that's just what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. It's just absolutely crazy. So the Bears have only scored 193 points on the season. They have a minus one point differential. And they're just one of three, four teams in the conference that have a negative point differential. And – it's kind of surprising for me to see that because they did return their quarterback, Charlie Brewer. You know, he, he, he's not the best quarterback in the big 12, but he's certainly a capable player that's able to, to hurt you and make plays. We saw it last year as, as the Sooners got down against the bears. What do you make of this Baylor bear team? Well, I think part of Charlie Brewer's uh, regression in the first half of the season is that new offensive coordinator came in and tried to make him something that he's not right. He's better on the move and they were trying to keep him in the pocket more uh, from what it looked like to me. And I really equate this particular season with Dave Aranda's first year to Matt Rule's first year, where I think Baylor, you know, when they played Oklahoma, they were 0 and whatever. They were 0 for. And okay. now here they come in, they've won two games. They just scratched out a second win last week over K-State. Probably found a little bit of confidence from that, feeling better about themselves. But if you remember back to the 2017 season with Baker Mayfield in pregame warmups, you know, talking about out there, they got caught him on the hot mic saying, you know, daddy's home or, you know, daddy's here or something like that. And talking about the Big 12 being, you know, OU being their daddy. And all of a sudden it was a 49-41 or something like that is what it came down to. Dogfight there in Waco against mm-hmm. a bad Baylor team. So, you know, I think Dave Rand is a good coach. I don't think he's Matt Rule. But if you look at the parallels there, they were a huge underdog that day. They, they hung in there. So they're coming in wounded. They're coming in 
you know, down, I think they were 23 point underdog last time I saw it might be higher than that now, but I don't know to me, it's, they're not the kind of team that you, you feel like can beat Oklahoma or should even stay on the field with Oklahoma, but given all the things happening on campus right now, given what the last week and a half has looked like, I, I mean, you just can't assume anything. So I would just say that the keys to the game for to me is just being ready to go and assuming nothing, treating Baylor like they are the same Baylor that you had to scratch and claw to beat in a comeback in Waco and an overtime game in Arlington. And that's who you need to look at it as. You don't need to look at it as, oh, Baylor's not as good as last year. You need to look at it as, hey, this is the third time we're playing these guys. And the last two times we were lucky to win. And if they do that, then I think they'll be in good shape. And Oklahoma's playing their best football of the season. And you could, one could argue that kind of Baylor's playing their best football of the season right now, too. And Charlie Brewer in particular against Kansas State, he was 31 to 39, 349 passing yards, two touchdowns. He had a QBR of 73.4, which QBR is a, a more strict rating scale. And he had a re- that's a really good QBR. Obviously, he played a really, really good game against Kansas State. It's, it's going to be interesting to see because if the secondary is struggling to kind of take the field this weekend based on COVID protocols and contact tracing and things like that, you know, there, there might be an opportunity for the Baylor Bears to actually win some in the passing game against the Oklahoma Sooners secondary. Now, you're not going to want – I don't think they're going to want Charlie Brewer dropping back to pass 40 times against Oklahoma in their pass rush. I, I think that's really a, a recipe for disaster. But let's dig into some keys to the game. On the offensive side of the football, what is Oklahoma's key to the game here? Establish the run game. Just be more physical. And Ramondre needs to get – you know, if you look back at Bedlam, Ramondre got touches early and, and wasn't breaking any big plays in the run game, but they were mm-hmm. staying consistent with it. That opened up play action, opened up everything else. So I think being consistent with the run game early on is going to be huge. Establishing the physicality is going to be huge. And also, quite simply, just taking care of the football. Just don't don't turn it over. Don't give Baylor a short field. Don't give them any confidence early by you know getting the ball at, at you know thirty yards away or something like that. It's where they have a short field and they're already in field goal position. Just give your defense a chance. Don't turn it over, and take what they give you. Don't force stuff. And I think that. That, that, to me, are the biggest keys. Establish your own game and protect the football. And I think they want to get some play-action passing going for Spencer Rattler. I feel like he's at his best when he's able to kind of use that to set up the defense a little bit more than in more traditional dropbacks. Uh, he, you know, he's obviously a good passer, even on traditional dropbacks. So I think using the play-action, like it seems like Lincoln Riley wants to do that quite a bit. I think it's just going to keep Baylor's pass rush off balance It'll help them to get in the rhythm offensively through the passing game. And, you know, as they, as Ramondre establishes the run and he's able to churn out some yards, I think he's going to have a lot more success early in the game this week than he did against Oklahoma State two weeks ago now. Was, was that two weeks ago? It seems like forever ago. Um, so, yeah, get the, get the play action pass going. I want to see them hit some deep balls, you know, to Marvin Mims, to Theo Weiss. Who knows who else is available? Jaden Hazelwood, I'd love to see them get him a little bit more involved in the passing game this week. And hopefully we get the return of Austin Stogner. It's been a while since we've seen him. And if not, give us a little bit more of Mikey, he likes it. Uh, yeah. On the defensive side of the football, what do the Oklahoma Sooners need to do to slow down the Baylor Bears? Just defensive line-wise, keep doing what you're doing. I mean, we talk about the secondary. Maybe we have some interchangeable parts there. And maybe there's some matchups like they got Snead out there. That's a great receiver and you don't want to 
be be having to rely upon you know a, a two or a three in the secondary if that's how it shakes out and we don't know that for sure we won't know that until pregame warm-ups and we see who's out there and and start to get those updates from the press box of who's on the field and who's not but assuming we have guys out assuming those rumors might be true the defensive line has to set the tone and keep keep Baylor you know on the run just keep Brewer running around looking for somebody and don't give him time to throw. And that's going to take care of a lot of that. So to me, the defensive line getting after it and then just sure tackling. So mm-hmm. pressure the quarterback and and make the, the, the first tackle, no missed tackles, no letting them break something off, keep everything in front of you, wrap up and just play sound defense. Yeah, hundred percent. I don't want to see them give up any big plays because I think that's where Baylor can get some momentum and those big plays can really change the complexion of a football game where if you're making Baylor drive the field, they're not going to be good enough to go on seven, eight, nine play drives and score touchdowns consistently. So you just don't want to give up any big plays to, to the Baylor offense. And I, I think they can do that. Obviously, if they're missing certain players in the secondary, we, we won't know that until the game starts and they roll out their starting lineup. However, I feel like they've got enough depth to be able to hang with Baylor and 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 make sure that Baylor's not able to take advantage of maybe some missing pieces in the in the Oklahoma secondary. But yeah, I think you're absolutely right. The, the defensive line is going to be huge in this game, just like it is every game. And, you know, we're going to expect a lot from Ronnie Perkins and Nick Bonito and then Isaiah Thomas and, and Perry on Winfrey. That, the, that group of four right there is going to be really getting after Charlie Brewer. And, and I think they got to, they got to make sure they contain him. You know, we've seen this team kind of struggle against running quarterbacks and they're going to need to make sure that they don't allow him to get outside the pocket and break contain and uh, pick up easy first, you know, easy first downs and cheap yards just because the the pass rush is so aggressive and effective. And, you know, Brian Osamoa might be charged with uh, playing a little spy on, on Charlie Brewer and he'll yeah. have to be sound defensively to do that. Yeah. One of the byproducts of what Alex Grinch has done all year with the rotations, with getting more guys on the field, even at times that we might have felt like as Sooner fans, hey, that's at a detriment to to that moment in the game where somebody gives up the play. We're like, why is that guy even out there? Why do they not have our best 11 on the field all the time? Well, in this particular season, more important than ever to have guys ready to go. So whoever's out there on Saturday night will be more experienced than they would have probably typically been in other schemes, other systems, other coordinators. So we're going to have to rely upon the fact that these guys have, have had their reps, have had some opportunity in games, and I think that will pay off on Saturday night. I think you'll see guys playing with more confidence regardless of their status or they're, you know, they're standing in the minds of Sooner fans. I think you'll have guys ready to go. I'm not it's worried important. about it. Yeah, it's important to do that. Anytime that you get an opportunity to play a guy and get him actually some meaningful snaps in a football game, it, it's so much different than, than practice reps. You know, I didn't play football at a high level, but I remember, you know, whatever sport it was, the, the game is so much more intense and there's so much more kind of riding on each play than in practice. You know, they always tell you to practice like you play, but it's impossible. There's, it's never going to be the same. And so getting these guys, these game reps early in the season, it, it's only going to benefit you down the road. And, and potentially in this game, you're going to have to rely upon those guys that are deeper down the depth chart. And so that's going to be absolutely huge. That's an excellent point, David, that you made. So coming up in the next segment, we're going to get into our predictions. We're also going to bring you our movie of the week, our hype movie of the week. David's currently undefeated in this matchup, but 
I think I'm going to bring it this time. Now I've been confident each week and it's, it's been, I've, I've underwhelmed in our poll on Twitter there. So uh, we'll come back after the break. We'll talk about our hype movie of the week. We'll give you our predictions. We'll go around the big 12 schedule. Talk about that coming up next year on the Locked On Sooners podcast. But now I want to take a moment to tell you about Built Go. Built Go is the energy boost you need to replace your energy drinks. Do you have a wall that you bump up against throughout your day? Well, the people that brought you the fastest growing protein bar Built Bar now have a way to give you the energy you need to break through your wall, whether it's to finish out your workday, provide extra energy for your workout, or to have the energy needed for your back nine. Built Go's packets of protein plus vitamins helps get the nutrients into your system quickly. It's like drinking a monster energy drink with a third of the caffeine and a longer lasting result. Built Go comes in three amazing flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. It's the portable, longer-lasting energy supplement that improves your energy and promotes your health. Use the promo code LOCKED and save 30% off your first order by going to BuiltGo.com. Let's go! And we're back here on Locked On Sooners, and we're going to get to our Hype Movie of the Week segment here in just a moment because that's my favorite segment of the week. As John mentioned last segment, I am undefeated there, uh, but I don't want to jinx it, but I am undefeated, and I look forward to having that segment in just a moment. But first... I got to talk about something I just saw on Twitter earlier today, and this is on Thursday, earlier Thursday morning. I'm sitting there thinking, man, it's pretty cool that Coastal Carolina is hosting Liberty and its college game day is going to be there. That's pretty neat, right? It's kind of outside the box. Both teams having a pretty good year. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait a second, record scratch. No, it's BYU going to play Coastal Carolina. And I just thought, man, that's really freaking cool that they just pulled that off like out of nowhere on short mm-hmm. notice, two days before the game's going to get played, BYU's coming to town. Right. And they got me thinking, again, wow, Iowa State and West Virginia might not even play this weekend, or there's rumors that they might not, because West Virginia has a lot of COVID cases, meaning the game next weekend in Morgantown that's supposed to be rescheduled is certainly in jeopardy. So if Oklahoma wins and they're wrapped up their spot in the Big 12 title game and they don't have to play West Virginia, and they're sitting there idle next week, but they're also sitting right there at the top 10 of the college football ranking, number 11, number 10, wherever they come in next week, why would they not look around the country and say, hmm, who could use a game? Uh-huh. Who wants to play? Ohio State might need an extra game to show that they're who they think they are. Right. Northwestern had a game just canceled against Minnesota. They're ranked number 14. You got USC out there sitting there. They're playing a handful of games. They think they're pretty good. You got Texas A&M down south. It's not going to get a college uh, or a conference championship game to play. So does somebody want to come to Norman, Oklahoma and play in front of fans? Because you can play in front of fans in Norman. You know, at the shoe up in Columbus, I know y'all like to have the revenge on Baker at the flag plant, but you do it in front of nobody. Y'all can come to Norman and have a primetime Saturday night college game day and let the chips fall where they may. And Oklahoma just might play themselves into the conversation. It would be fun to talk about. It'd be fun to think about. I think it's a great idea. If you're the seniors, you got nothing to lose in that matchup and everything to gain. If you're Ohio State, the same. I mean, if you want to prove to the voters that you belong in the college football playoff and you're not going to get enough games to be eligible for your, your conference championship, what better way to go to Norman and pick up a big win? The, the college football playoff voters aren't beholden to take the conference championships in this current format, but they could just say, hey, they, they decided on short notice to go to Norman to play a game. I think that's a huge opportunity for either team there. And it would be an absolutely incredible matchup. I think Justin Fields coming to town with the Oklahoma or Ohio state game team that's playing great football against Spencer Rattler, kind of the next big thing at quarterback in the country. I I think there's a, it's a win-win for both teams to to make that happen. If it's an even possibility. Yeah. And you got Joe Casiglione sitting there. I can promise you this. 
if BYU's AD and Coastal Carolina's ADs can work out something like that in, you know, 72 hours, you give Joe C, you know, I don't know, let's just say 15 minutes or more, mm-hmm. he could make that happen. I, yeah. I am fully confident that Joe Casiglio, Joe C is like the dawn of college football athletics, right? He's like the godfather at this point. And man's just unbelievable. So if he wants that to happen, if there's a matchup out there that moves the needle, you know, Blink and Riley tweet, retweeted our, our tweet about that saying that, you know, bring Tennessee back in, let them get the, the whip. And they they talked, you know, all summer about that they deserved. So that would be fun too. I, I don't care. Give us Georgia, give us LSU. Hey, let LSU come back over here. We'll pay them back. We'll, we'll return that score that they gave us in the, in the Peach Bowl. And I think we would. So I, I think that that's, to me, it's exciting as Sooner fans. I saw some people saying, oh, we should just take the bye week and get healthy for the Big 12 title game. No, no. See, that's what Iowa State should do because mm-hmm. they haven't won the Big 12 title. But we got five of them sitting in our back pocket. We're not just playing for that. If we had an opportunity to present itself to play an extra football game, the kids in that locker room have already been shortchanged this year. They got Tennessee taken away. They got Army taken away. And they're sitting there, you know, potentially maybe having this West Virginia game taken away. So they're already getting a shortened season. Ronnie Perkins certainly had a shortened season. Ramondre got a shortened season. Give those guys one more shot and one more home game. Talk about economics. Give them a game in Norman. Yep. Get that game. Get those local businesses there on Campus Corner some action. That, I mean, there's a lot of positives, and I don't see a single negative. Because if they lose that game, who cares? Yeah. Then you're, what, you're 7-3 and three going to the Big 12 title game. Mm-hmm. And you can still win your Big 12 title if that's so right. important to you. But right. I think you're, it's fun to talk about. Yeah, you're an outside shot for the college football playoff anyway. And so it makes just all kinds of sense. And Oklahoma, Ohio State, they've got a recent history. And the two ADs have got a relationship that they can build upon that, you know, that, that recent series that we had back then. So I think it just completely makes sense. Well, that being said, that's going to be a lot of fun to see how things unfold this weekend. See if – if Michigan, you know, chickens out, Michigan would have to back out of the big game for Ohio State to even be in play. But that might happen. We'll see. We'll have to see. But to our hot movie segment of the week, I'm going to let you go first, John, because, you know, in professional wrestling, the heavyweight champ always comes out last. The challenger <laughs> comes out first and gets introduced. So I don't want to let my music play until the, the challenger's been introduced and gets in the ring and gets ready, gets loose. So I want you to go ahead and you roll that out first. All right. So this week for the hype movie of the week, I just rewatched this movie uh, this past week. And so it's fresh on my mind and I'm going to go with Avengers Endgame. And where we're sitting now is about at that point in the movie where they've just returned with all of the stones and Hulk is about to put the the gauntlet on and snap his fingers and bring everybody back. And they don't know what's coming because Oklahoma still has Iowa state to play in the big 12 championship. And that's going to be that final battle. But we're right at that point in the movie where cap stands up. He's given everything he's got. He sees the hordes of Thanos coming at him. And then he kind of hears this little, this little crackle in his earpiece. And and he hears Sam saying, hey, hey, Cap, do you read me? And I think that's where we're at with the Oklahoma Sooners now. We're not quite at that final battle just yet with Iowa State coming up in the Big 12 championship game. But we are just right on the cusp. And we're about to hear Spencer Rattler, Ramondre Stevenson say, Sooners, assemble. Man, that's a strong, that's a strong uh, performance this week, John, I have to say. Uh, much stronger than last week. When you when you threw out far and away last week, 
and and I was going with Rocky three. As soon as I knew I was going with Rocky three, when you came out with Far and Away and you went outside the box, I just like in my mind I was like, should I save Rocky three? Should I back pocket that bad boy? Nope, I'm gonna roll it out. I'm rolling it out. I'm going for the, I'm I'm going for the blowout this week. That was a seventy seven nothing. <laughs> that was actually you got some votes though. I'm, I'll give it to you. I, I didn't know how many you get. Oh, yeah, um, now, so that's a very this is a very worthy adversary. Avengers Endgame, I will give you, and you made a great argument. So, and I've been holding on to this one for the right time, and I think I've got the right time because of some things that happened this week. And I'm going to go with Gladiator. And this is why. <laughs> I see the look on your face already. Don't, don't, don't be discouraged. I haven't even got to make my good point yet. So, <laughs> Gladiator, right? Arguably the best epic ever. I think there's a handful of movies in that conversation. I won't give them all away because, you know, spoiler alert, I might have to go to that reserve here down the season, uh, especially if we make the cultural playoff somehow. I got to really save on to some of those good nuggets. But in the scene, in the Coliseum, where the shady emperor calls him out, Maximus has just slayed everybody and he wants to know who he is. He tells him to take off his take off his mask. He turns around, he pulls his mask off. Well, we all know in the movie, he says, this is Maximus Decimus Meridius, right? And, chair, you know, commander of the Legion and all that stuff. Well, Saturday night, they're going to say, hey, I thought Alice Grinch was out. We don't have anybody calling defense. And the man's going to turn off. He's going to take that helmet off. He's going to turn around, look right in the camera and say, my name is Robert Anthony Stoops, former 10-time Big 12 champion, national champion, Youngstown, Ohio, native son, and I will have my vengeance in the previous previous decade and today. And then Oklahoma's going to go out, and it doesn't matter, John, at that point. It doesn't matter who they put in the secondary. It really doesn't. I mean, he can even say, hey, Drake, you know, I played safety at Iowa. You want to go out and play some safety just for fun? Mm-hmm. And he just say, sure, Dad. And you know what? It's not even going to matter because Ronnie Perkins is going to be hitting Charlie Brewer so hard it's not even going to matter. Right. And, and we don't even know what happens in the back end. So – yeah, Gladiator for me, I think it's fitting. Like I said, it was fun to say Robert Anthony Stoops. I just want to say it one more time because uh, I didn't, I just knew him as uh, as Coach Bob. Because yeah. the only reason we were able to call him Coach Bob is because his brother was there, was Coach Mike, so it wasn't confusing. Otherwise, it would have been uh, Mr. Stoops or Coach Stoops. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think that's uh, that's my that's my take on the week. And then, you know, at this point, really, I think all that's left to do is give our predictions on the games and kind of go around the Big Twelve at this point. Yeah. So real quick, let's let's hit them. We're running out of time, but let's go with the uh, Oklahoma Sooners and the Baylor Bears. What do you got, David? Well, like I said, I don't think it matters much who's in the back end. I think the defensive line is going to get after them, and I think the offense is going to have a big day. I'm going to go 52 to 17. And I'm going to hit the the similar notes. I think it's going to be a big day for the offense. It's going to be another big Spencer Rattler game, probably over 300 yards. And I want to say 48 to 13. I don't think the Baylor Bears are going to have much to do offensively. All right, let's go around the Big 12 real quick. Kansas, Texas Tech, 11 a.m. on Saturday. Who you got? I think Les Miles is going to do it, man. I think it's, this is this is the day that they are going to keep a game close, but they're still going to lose. <laughs> So I'm going to go Texas Tech. <laughs> Sorry, was that, was that a, a, a turn, a hill turn there? Uh, I'm going to go Texas Tech, 35, Kansas, 24. Man, that's that's actually uh, pretty uh, confident there that Kansas is going to be able to score 24 points. No, it's, I just, you know, it's late in the season. They're getting yeah, yeah, I don't see it. I'm going to say Texas Tech, 42, Kansas, uh, 14. 
they'll get a couple touchdowns late. Uh, Oklahoma State versus TCU in Fort Worth. That's going to be a fun one. And Sooner fans, you got Dusty Dvorak uh, calling that game too, so that'll be just a little extra reason to tune in. Our, our guy Dusty there does a great job. But I would say in that one, I actually think TCU is going to get on on Saturday. I think Oklahoma State's got their bubble busted. I don't think that they are who they thought they were going to be. I think they're they're going to be likely to get upset. So I'm going to take TCU, and I'm going to take them by a field goal. I'm going to say it's going to be 27-24. Man, I'm kind of right there with you. I feel like TCU plays really well as the underdog, and so I'm going to go with TCU again, uh, 24-20. Texas versus Kansas State, also at 11 in in Kansas State, or at, sorry, in Manhattan. In Manhattan, in the Little Apple. Oh, gosh. I mean, it just depends. Like, how many – can we still extend Tom Herman? Is it too late for me to pull for that? Or are we, are we done? Is that over? Uh, I'm, I'm still holding out hope. I, I mean, mean gosh, they still yeah. have a ball game to play. Yeah. I mean, the guy, you know, he's still trying hard, still yeah. trying hard. And I know I went on a long rant about Texas last week and I know I probably heard some feelings on Monday. And if you missed it, go check it out on Monday. I, I gave a, a little soliloquy about Texas, but I'm going to say, you know what? They're going to get it done for Tom. They're going to get it done for Tom. They're going to win 24 to 20. Win one for Tom. It's going to be Tom Herman day. <laughs> so yeah i'm gonna say texas win one play. for tom let's turn that yep texas is gonna be they're gonna win that kansas state just doesn't have the quarterback play to, to keep up and i'll say 31 20 uh then you got hopefully you got west virginia and iowa state at 2 30 on saturday real quick uh i think iowa state 31 west virginia 24 yeah I, i'll say iowa state is going to play another really, really good football game. It's going to be something like 41 to 17. I, I think Iowa State's just really, really good this year. Matt Campbell's got them playing really good football. But hey, that is going to do it for today's episode of the Locked On Sooners podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. If you missed our conversation or David's conversation with Rufus Alexander from Thursday, make sure you go back and listen to that. Make sure you come back and check out our, our episodes next week. We'll have our game recap on Monday, and then we got big guests coming Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So you'll make you want to make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Sooners. Check us out on Facebook at Locked On Sooners Podcast. And if you have got an email for us, hit us up, LockedOnSooners at gmail.com. For David Walker, I'm John Williams. We'll see you Monday. Boomer. Sooner.